it's John Finnemore's Souvenir Christmas. Okay, guys, this is the big one. As you all know, whether or not Britain enjoys Christmas is now more or less entirely dependent on the quality of the new adverts from John Mulligan stores. So, (laughs) what have you got for me? Okay, I'll kick off. What about if it's a little boy and he's gazing into a toy shop window, but all he's got is a farthing? But then he hears a cough from the gutter and there's a little robin with a broken beak. And at the end, he spends the farthing to buy it a beak splint. (laughs) And it's all to a slowed-down cover of you can't always get what you want. Yeah, well, that's a pretty great start. (laughs) Can anyone top it? Okay, what about if it's Satan? (laughs) And he's really lonely in hell because they don't really do Christmas. (laughs) But then a little girl sees him through the, like window to hell (laughs) and at the end she gives him a mince pie all to a slowed down cover of sympathy for the devil (laughs) I love it or how about if it's a vicar walking down Oxford Street and he is so distraught by the crass commercialisation of Christmas that he rips off his dog collar and throws it in a puddle but at the end a little stray dog retrieves it for him to the slowed down cover of losing my religion (laughs) yeah it's good I, I don't know to attack the crass commercialisation of Christmas too hard. Oh, uh, what about if instead the little dog offers him his own dog collar? Oh, now that is so good, we have to make it. Unless, unless you've got one, AJ? Um, well, I was just thinking, um, what if it's a series of shots of various things we sell? I think I quite get it. Well, what, what would the cover be? Um, a voiceover saying the prices of them. <laughs> but slowed down. Yeah, could be. Or just normal. And then at the end... A picture of our shop. <laughs> yeah, no, I just... I Only then I... it turns out to be in a snow globe an old man has hand-carved for a baby penguin. That's the one! <laughs> Greetings, peasant. It is I. Who? Page? Oh, I don't have the bugle, so I... Well, just... (laughs) Good King Wenceslas. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm the Pope. Oh, no, no. (laughs) No, I am. Observe my rich ermine robes, my kingly bearing, my ruddy crown. (laughs) My God, you are. You're King Wenceslas. Good King Wenceslas, yes. What? People call me Good King... It's a sort of nickname I've got. I've never heard it. I've heard people call you... Anyway, His Majesty, uh, his majesty brings you rich gifts. <gasps> Behold, pine logs, flesh and wine! Ta-da! Oh, right. And what, you're, you're doing this for all your subjects? No. Just this village? Just you. That's weird. <laughs> his Majesty observed you from the palace balcony as you were gathering winter fuel. Right. And he decided to follow you home and make you dinner. Look, I'm very flattered, Your Majesty, but actually I'm married. Oh, no! No! <laughs> the page isn't explaining it properly. No, I, I just happened to see you after the feast of Stephen and, well, you know that sort of warm, soppy feeling you get after a big meal and a bit too much wine? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> 
anyway, I was in that mood and I asked my page who you were and anyway, long carol short, I bring you rich gifts. Like, um, pine logs? Yes, you don't seem very pleased. What did you say I was doing when you saw me? Uh, gathering winter fuel. Exactly, which I've now gathered. <laughs> I mean, if you brought me pine logs this morning, you'd have saved me a job, but now... But you're a peasant, you need all the fuel you can get. <laughs> I am a peasant, yeah, I'm a peasant with a wood-burning stove who lives in a forest. <laughs> There's one thing I'm basically fine for, it's fuel. Well, I bet you're not fine for this. Flesh! What? A whole haunch of ham? Yes. And you bring it to me on St Stephen's Day? Yes. The day after Christmas? Yes, so? Uh, I did try to explain to you, sire, the peasants tend to raise a pig. One pig? Over the course of the year. The whole year? And then they slaughter it. On Christmas Day! So? So, after 51 weeks of living on beetroot, this is the one week in the whole year with more flesh than we know what to do with. And today, you bring me flesh. Today. Look, I think you're being jolly ungrateful. I am the king, after all, and I carried all this stuff over to well, you. Well, technically, I carried it. You're my page. It's the same what, thing. What, you made Christoph here carry it all. Oh, I don't mind. What, in this weather? In just his jerkin? It's all part of the job. With his heart condition? Oh, well... You didn't tell me you had a heart condition. Well, I did, actually. You didn't? No, I did. I said, sire, the night is darker now and the wind blows stronger. Yes, but you didn't... Fails my heart. I know not how. I can go no longer. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I said it in rhyme because you tend to pay more attention to things that rhyme. <laughs> and what did he say? Oh, well, he was very kind. What did he say? <clears throat> he, uh, he allowed me to walk in his royal footsteps. His footsteps? Yes. Not in his ermine cloak? Uh, no, but it definitely helped, you know, the footsteps. You're in. a monster! I'm not! I'm good King Wenceslas! No one calls you that! Here, take your pine logs, take your flesh, take your... Actually, we'll keep the wine, and get out! Um, Paige, do you think this will affect the carol? Um, well, I'll tell you what, I'll end it before we get to the hut. Oh, right. Yeah, so it'll just be about how you had a really good idea and then bravely went for a walk in the snow and then we'll just sort of imply it all worked out fine. Great. <laughs> good King Wenceslas went in feeling pretty silly It doesn't always help to throw your gifts out willy-nilly Charitable giving is a wondrous thing to do But if you really want to help Make sure you think it through. Uh, excuse me, sir, madam, have you just voted? Yes. Yes, we have. And are you happy to tell me which way you voted? Uh, yes, very happy to. We voted four. That's right, four. Yes, we're staunchly in favour. Thank you. And um, would you tell me what species you identify as? Uh, certainly, we're turkeys. <laughs> turkeys? Yes, I am a turkey and so is my wife. Hello. Thank you. And uh, speaking as turkeys, what was it you found most persuasive about Christmas? Well, look, the anti-Christmas lot do a lot of doom-mongering and uh, naysaying, but the Christmas guys mounted a really positive campaign. And they have consistently promised that if their holiday goes ahead, everyone will get three days off and a lovely big dinner. Mm. <laughs> and that sounds delicious. Mm. We're very excited about that. And are you aware of how the Christmas campaign are planning to provide this meal? Uh, 
No, no, I don't think, they, don't think they've said, have they, darling? No, no, they haven't said. But then why should they? They're not elected yet. Once we turkeys have given them a mandate to deliver Christmas, there'll be plenty of time for them to decide what to serve for lunch. <laughs> and I, for one, cannot wait to see what they come up with. Oh. <laughs> I hope it's great. It probably will be. Mm. So, how did it go? How did you do? Oh, well... Oh, dear, not good. Pretty good. I got down to the last two. Oh, well, that's great. Well done. So, who won? Holly. Oh, not again. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> of all the trees that are in the wood, the holly bears the crown again. So, tell me all about it. Well, first of all, the judges made this big fuss about us both being full-grown, which I thought was a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah, and then, then in the first round, Holly bore a blossom white as lily flower. Mm, that is good. Everybody loves impressions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what did you do? I, I bore a leaf, as green as any leaf. <laughs> well, that's good too. It's OK, you don't have to be nice. Then in the second round, Holly bore a berry, red as any blood. Oh, a bit samey. Yeah, but it's still impressive. What did you do? I climbed up a wall. <laughs> oh, right. I know, I know, it's weird. It's the one thing I'm really good at, but it's weird. And the last round? She bore a prickle, sharp as any thorn. Th now that's weird. Yeah, but she sold it as a sort of martial arts thing. <laughs> and you? I hate myself. I twined up a pole. Oh, why me? I thought it might just make the difference. It didn't. Well, look, don't be too hard on yourself. After all, of all the trees that are in the wood, you came second. And you're not even a tree. <laughs> Nor's Holly. Well, no, but still. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, enough about me. How did you get on in the reindeer games? Oh, usual bloody story. They wouldn't let me play. <laughs> well, howdy, friends. I guess we're finally coming to the end of my perhaps misjudged concept album, a song for literally every day of the year. <laughs> but you know what? This one might be my favorite of all. Well, Christmas Day is magical, oh my goodness, yes. But with that pinch of magic comes a bucket load of stress. And then, hooray, it's Boxing Day, with all its expectations of washing up and clearing up and visiting relations. But then there comes a special day, the one I like the most. When no one has to wear a hat or cook a massive roast We'll just relax and graze on snacks all day in our pyjamas While dozing through Toy Story 2 or Herbie Goes Bananas <laughs> It's December the 27th So leave the bells unrung There's still Holly There's still Holly And we're still jolly And we're still jolly But all on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, there's stuff you have to do. But on the Boxing Day of Boxing Day, you can stay in bed till half past two. 
Now Christmas can be miserable, not always, but it can. Perhaps you're lonely, sad, or ill, or simply not a fan. It can be hard when every card insists that you be merry, but now it's done, and festive fun is not compulsory. It's December the 27th. Christmas Day, you have to play the Merry Christmas Elf. But on the Boxing Day of Boxing Day, you can be your usual grumpy self. Yes, it's December the 27th, and Santa has made tracks. So if you're merry or not merry, well, either way, relax. On Christmas Day and Boxing Day, there's all you have to do. But on the Boxing Day of Boxing Day, it's completely up to you. Sir, as a turkey, what was it that most attracted you to Christmas? Oh, uh, I like that man. What's his name? You know, the main man with the, with the beard and the red suit? Uh, Father Christmas? Yeah, that's the fellow. I like him. He's funny, isn't he? Yeah. Big jolly fellow, always laughing. Yeah. You can imagine having a drink with him. Yeah, so I voted for his one. Uh, Christmas? Is it Christmas? Yeah, yeah uh, Christmas. Yeah. And do you know what will happen at Christmas? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's something about getting rid of winter, isn't it? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but I don't bother about that, you see. I go by whether I like him. And I can't stand that Easter guy, that rabbit. He's just... It's just bland, isn't he? Uh, so I like strong characters. They're, they're more fun. I see. And uh, who did you vote for in the last election? Yeah, Bernard Matthews. <laughs> Welcome back. Well, if you became a new mum this year, then the festive season will be extra special as it brings with it that magical and unique day baby's first Christmas. So, Jill, as a mother of three, what are your top tips for making baby's first Christmas truly special? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing? Nothing. Baby's first Christmas. Baby don't care. <laughs> baby don't know. Baby don't know at baby's first Christmas now. Baby won't remember baby's first Christmas later. Do they know it's Christmas? Not if they babies. <laughs> In fact, change baby's routine too much because it's baby's first Christmas, baby will cry. Uh, baby will cry anyway, of course, but uh, baby won't cry because baby cares either way about Christmas. Baby will cry because baby is a baby. <laughs> yes, but surely it's a time to create those precious memories oh, later. Oh, look, oh, so... <laughs> all right, if can be bothered. Stick Christmas hat on baby, take baby's picture and show picture to baby when baby not baby anymore. <laughs> Tell former baby, look, this was baby's first Christmas. Former baby says, aww. <laughs> but also, can do this in June. <laughs> baby won't know, then or later. 
On actual baby's first Christmas, I recommend enjoy mummy's third gin and toast mummy's first excuse for not having to spend Christmas with spouse's awful family. Cheers. <laughs> your witness, Mr Hoggett. Thank you, my lady. Now, Mr Moore. Kindly cast your mind back to the night these distressing events took place. The, uh, remind me, when was it? Uh, it was the night before Christmas. <laughs> now, in your original statement to the police that night, you described witnessing the man you alleged to be the defendant arrive at your home. Do you recall the words you used? Ah, uh, not exactly. Then allow me to refresh your memory. Uh, then what, to my wandering eyes, should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? Yes, I, I may have been mistaken. Oh, you were mistaken? About that part. I'm sorry, about which part? The part about the miniature sleigh or the part about the eight tiny reindeer? Uh, about all of that part. Oh, all of it? What, even the part about the miniature reindeer then proceeding to fly onto the roof? They were pigeons. I beg your pardon? <laughs> Later established they were pigeons. I am nearsighted without my glasses. Pigeons? Yes. Eight pigeons? Yes. Eight tiny pigeons? Eight normal-sized pigeons. <laughs> I see. Well, whether they were normal-sized pigeons or whether they were tiny reindeer, you then went on to identify them to the desk sergeant by name. Uh, did I? Oh, yes, with great enthusiasm. Can you recall for the court the eight names you gave them? My lady, my learned friend has made his point. The witness was drunk, yes. He nonetheless identified the defendant. Oh, yes, I know. I, I have your description here. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry, his eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry. My lady, the terms may be unconventional, but they nonetheless clearly apply to the defendant. Yes, well, before we hasten to convict my client on the basis of the merriness or otherwise of his dimples... Oh, come on, it's him! It's obviously him, look at him! He's got a broad face! And a little round belly. At six when he laughs like a bowl full of jelly. He's chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laugh when I see him in spite of myself. Mr Moore, are you drunk right now? Yes, yes I am. No further questions. Really, John? Another sketch about Christmas? Well, well yes, Margaret, it's a Christmas special. <laughs> How very convenient. I, I suppose so. All I'm saying, John, is would you have done that sketch about Father Ramadan? <laughs> uh, no, no, prob probably not. Well, I think that says a lot, doesn't it? I'm not sure it does. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's even a poem about Father Ramadan. Well, then maybe you should write one. Yeah? OK. Maybe I will. Well, you should. Should I? Yes! <laughs> Do it about Christmas, you should do it about Ramadan. Are they similar then, those two things? I expect so. <laughs> okay, here goes. <laughs> Twas the night before Ramadan, and all through the mosque. <laughs> Who are you? We are literally all of the BBC's lawyers. <laughs> What, they've given you whistles now? Yes. Yes, they have, and this sort of thing demonstrates exactly why. Stop this sketch right now. Why? Why? Because it's hugely offensive. What, to Muslims? I haven't even started. Muslims? No, of course it's not offensive to Muslims. It's offensive to Christians. What? 
Why? Because of this ridiculous straw woman you've created to represent them. Yes, this insulting Margaret Caborn Smith character. <laughs> I mean, for a start, not all Christians have names like that. And, more importantly, Margaret Caborn Smith is a deeply offensive stereotype of Christians as thin-skinned, humorless and obsessed with the media's portrayal of Islam. Whereas, in fact, the vast majority of Christians are tolerant, fair-minded and perfectly capable of taking a joke. Or even making one. I know that, I know, but I'm talking about, you know, the ones who write letters in green ink or leave comments online. Well, that's exactly the problem. You're basing your criticism of a huge group of people based solely on a few oddballs at the fringe of it. And for all you comedians like to smugly mock this phrase, you actually wouldn't do that about Islam, would you? No, no, that's true, I wouldn't. No, and quite right too. Okay, okay, you're, you're right. It's a double standard. I'll stop doing it. Good. And that had better be the last we hear of Margaret Caborn Smith. <laughs> do they mean the real me or the character me? I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably best not to take chances, though. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I'm interviewing turkeys about why they voted for Christmas. Oh, well, they're all the same, really, aren't they? You know, these holidays. Christmas, Easter, Valentine's Day. So I just voted Christmas to send a message, really. And what is that message? Well, that I'm cross. <laughs> I see. And if we do have Christmas this year, do you think your message will get across? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And if it doesn't, I'll just send another message next Christmas. Will you? <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't I? No reason. <laughs> well, since you asked me for the greatest story ever told, I will by all means tell you once again the one about Treasure Island from Series 1. <laughs> what? Even greater than that? You stretch my resources, but there is... One story of when I was a young man, a very young man, when I was known as Finnemore of Nazareth. <laughs> a really very young man indeed. I was working, you see, as senior advisor to Emperor Caesar Augustus. Good morning, O oh great Caesar Augustus, fount of all wisdom, master of my destiny, before whom I am as the wheat beneath the sun. Yes, yes, never mind that. Look. I've decided to make a decree about tax. Oh, yes. What's the plan? I'm going to tax all the world. <laughs> all the world? Yes. Ambitious? Well, you know me. Think big. Also, I think we'll get more money that way. <laughs> Great Caesar's logic is flawless. I will announce the decree. Yes, I, no, I also thought, let's say everyone has to go back to the city they were born in. Why? It'll just make things easier, I think. It'll make things easier if everyone in the world is forced to travel simultaneously whilst doing their tax return. <laughs> yes, I think so. Why? Do you have a better idea? We could just tax them where they live now. Ah, no, I don't think that would work. Uh, besides, my plan will stimulate the economy. I uh, Think of all the money innkeepers will make, for instance. Yes. As it happens, O Caesar, I myself keep a small inn in Nazareth. Oh, there you are then, Kerching. Yeah, although I was born in Bethlehem. Off you go then. <laughs> and so I boarded up my inn and began the long journey to my hometown. And on that journey, down that dusty road, 
a humble donkey watched me go on my massive luxury horse. <laughs> on arrival, I made my way straight to the inn. Excuse me, do you have a room for tonight? Oh, um, uh, do we have a room, Hannah? Oh, not tonight. I'm sorry, sir. There's no room for you at the inn. No room? Why is the little town of Bethlehem so busy? Well, this taxing, of course. Yes, yes, and also the hopes and fears of all the years are met in us tonight. <laughs> oh, I see a convention. <laughs> you really don't have any room at all? Well, no, single room, no. No single room. All we have left is a family room, sir. Yeah, oh, fine, I'll take that. Right, a bit big for one person, sir. A large double bed and a cot. I don't mind. I like to spread out. Besides, the, uh, the cot will be a useful place to keep my suitcase. Oh, hello. No, I'm sorry. We've just filled our last room. And so I went to bed. <laughs> with the satisfaction of a job well done. But within the hour, I was awoken and forced to go and find the innkeeper. Excuse me, could you please turn that light out? Light, sir? Yes. I don't like to complain, but it's been a long journey to Bethlehem and I was enjoying a deep and dreamless sleep and now suddenly, the dark streets shineth with everlasting light. <laughs> what is more, it seems to be positioned so that it shines directly into my window. Right onto my suitcase stand. <laughs> and also, while I have to admit that your local choir is excellent, is one o'clock in the morning really the right time for choir practice? <laughs> the innkeeper promised to see what he could do, and I returned to bed, but before long... Excuse me, why is your inn suddenly full of sheep? Oh, they've got in, have they? Yes, they have. What are they doing here? Well, the shepherds bought them. It's been a bit of a funny night. Yeah, the see? shepherds, yes, the shepherds can shut up as well. Oh, dear, are they singing bawdy shepherding songs? No, no, they are glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen. But they are doing it really loudly. Well, I'm sorry you've been disturbed. I'll have a word with them, but it's been quite an unusual night, you see. I don't want to hear excuses. I just want to be left to sleep in heavenly peace. Fair enough, sir. Good night. But within the hour, I was up again. What is it now? And I'm a little bit busy trying to find swaddling clothes. No, look here. I tolerated the light and the choir and the shepherds. I even tolerated all those regal fanfares that started half an hour ago. But this is the final straw. There is a little boy standing directly below my window, literally playing a drum. <laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning. I do not want to hear a rum-pum-pum-pum. A rum-pum-pum-pum. A rum-pum-pum-pum. I don't know where he even found a drum that could make that noise. I understand, sir, but you see, something incredible I don't care. Happened. I don't want to hear about it. All I want you to do is to do something about that boy, him and his drum. Otherwise, I will have no choice but to give this establishment an extremely poor review on Rick My Inn. What's that? It's a scroll of parchment about inns, which I compile and then go round reading out to people. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm sure there's something we can do. And so it came to pass that when I left Bethlehem, I made known abroad all that I had seen, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by Finnemore. <laughs> Namely, that if you make enough fuss, there's an inn in Bethlehem that'll knock 25% off the bill. <laughs> that surely is the greatest story ever told. Good night. <laughs> 
John Finnemore's Souvenir Programme was written and performed by John Finnemore with Margaret Cable Smith, Simon Kane, Laurie Lewin, and Carrie Quinlan. Original music was written and performed by Susanna Pierce. The producer was Ed Morris, and it was a BBC Studios production. The holiday of Christmas, the colours red and green, and the emotion of merriness are all registered trademarks of John Mulligan Stores PLC.